a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome in, Ute fans. This is the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's powered by KSLSports.com. I'm your host and Utes Insider, Trevor Allen. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly do appreciate it. And, man, do we have some big news for you that happened over the last, I would say, four days. But it all came to a head on Monday when Utah picked up a big-time transfer. I mean big. They were able to get a commitment from Oklahoma running back TJ Pledger. He announced on Monday on Twitter, he said, let's ride, and he is going to be the next running back at Utah, at least joining the running back room. He will compete for the starting job alongside Ricky Parks and Makai Bernard because those are technically right now the only three running backs that are on scholarship. And this is huge because Pledger entered the portal after spending three seasons with the Oklahoma Sooners, and he's now going to join the Utes. He spent three seasons in Norman and played 23 games from 2018 to 20. He racked up 179 yards on 30 carries as a freshman in 2018. As a sophomore in 2019, he had 65 yards rushing on 10 attempts and one touchdown. And then this past season, because of Kennedy Brooks, the uh, starting running back for Oklahoma, opted out of the 2020 season, that opened up the door for Pledger to have 451 yards on 95 carries along with five touchdowns. So throughout his whole career, he's had 139 rush attempts for for 695 yards and six touchdowns. He also caught 11 passes for 89 yards. Now here's one of the really promising things, is that he comes from a school that has one of the best high school football programs in the entire country. They're ranked in the top 10, IMG Academy in Florida. He's from there. And when he was coming out of high school, he was a four-star prospect and was ranked the number four all-purpose back in the nation and the 22nd ranked recruit in the entire state of Florida. Now, Florida, Texas, California, those are the main hotbeds for college football talent. So to be ranked 22nd in the entire state of Florida is impressive. His offers when he was coming out of high school included Oklahoma and Nebraska, Arizona, Arizona State. BYU, Cal, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, UCLA, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Oregon, Oregon State, Penn State, Tennessee, Texas, USC, Washington, Washington State, and West Virginia. I mean, just look at all those programs. Unbelievable. And I I went back because his best game as a Sooner was in the Red River Showdown 
against Texas where he had 22 carries for 131 yards and two touchdowns. I watched some of that game uh, ever since his announcement came. I've been watching his film. And here's just a couple of things that really stand out to me about T.J. Pledger. He fits the identity of Utah running backs. He's tough, he's physical, and he's fast. Now, he's 5'9", 193 pounds, which means he's fast, but then you throw the physical side of it in there, he fits the mold perfectly. On his first play in the Red River showdown, he went for a big gain, and what really impressed me was that he had to sneak through a very small gap at the line of scrimmage just to even break open the run, which was impressive, very impressive. And another thing, he is not afraid to block blitzing linebackers. There was one where he he stepped right up and tried tried to block the blitz from a linebacker, and at 5'9", you know, and you're under 200 pounds, it, it's hard for you to block really big guys. But he's not afraid to step up in there and block, so I think he's going to be a huge asset to Utah, and if you were to ask me, I think he's probably the front runner to start. The only thing is, is that he just has to get a waiver from the NCAA in order to be eligible immediately. But it sounds like, due to COVID, um, those are going to be pretty easy to get granted. But that doesn't mean that Utah's done. They need to go out and probably get two more running backs, either out of out of high school, junior college, um, transfer portal. Now, as you look at his his game log. He ran the ball 13 times in the opener against Kansas State, 11 times in their first road game at Iowa State, and then had 22 carries in both the Texas game and also the game against the TCU Horned Frogs before having his carries drop big time to 6, 7, 7, 6, and then 1 in the Iowa State game in the Big 12 championship game. I think that's what led to him transferring. Because... He put up big numbers. When he had 22 carries against Texas, he had 131 yards and two touchdowns. When he had 22 carries against the Horn Frogs, he had 122 yards and a touchdown. And again, you're only as good as your offensive line. And I think that OU has a pretty solid O-line. So I think that with Utah's veterans coming back on the O-line, that's huge. And he's only going to get better, I think. And I'm guessing... He's going to have two years of eligibility because of COVID in 2020. It was a free year. So I think he'll have two years at Utah. That'll also give Utah some time to go find some more running backs to fill up the running back room. And then another big piece of news that happened over or that happened on happened on Saturday. Uh, Devin Lloyd announced he was coming back for the 2021 season. Now that's big. That means no Utah players are going to the NFL this year. Now, the only ones who are leaving are the ones who want to move on with life, like Drew Lisk, and guys who entered the portal, like Jake Bentley. So that's huge. And I think Devin's just going to only get make his stock better in 2021. And then two other pieces of Utah football news, and then we will take a break and talk about the running Utes. Utah football picked up a commitment from Weaver High Star athlete, I say a Moa. Now, Moa is the son of Utah tight end Ben Moa, and he's a part of the 2022 class. According to 24-7 Sports, he is a four-star recruit and is the number four prospect in the entire state of Utah and the 37th ranked athlete in the country. He uh, told KSL Sports 
his reason why he picked Utah. He said, I chose Utah because I felt like it was the best fit for me where and where I belong. I want to carry on my dad's legacy and bring home the Pac-12 championship. So that's really, really cool. After talking with him, sounds like he's going to play DN for the Utes. You all get a chance to see him play for Weber one more year in 2021. So make sure you guys keep your eye on Weber. He wears number eight for the Warriors whenever he's in action. Make sure you guys keep an eye out for him. And then Brett McMurphy of Stadium put out his way too early top 25 ranking. And he gave Utah a lot of praise. He put the Utes at number 11 in the country. Number 11. The only teams that are ahead of them are Penn State, North Carolina, Texas, Iowa State, Texas A&M, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Now, Utah's one of five Pac-12 schools to be ranked in this top 25. Oregon is at number 12, obviously Utah at 11. And then you have Washington at 19, Arizona State at 20, and USC at 23. That really says something. I mean, the fact that Utah loses one starter on defense, and that's only for two years, and that is Nate Ritchie who's going to serve a two-year mission Everyone else is back on defense, and then on offense, you lose a quarterback and obviously tragically lose a running back. This Utah football team, and especially for what they're bringing in in 2021 from that recruiting class, whoo, that team's going to be good. I think we're already talking about contending for another Pac-12 championship already in 2021, and I think by the time that these young guys are juniors and seniors, we better be talking about winning a Pac-12 championship rather than just getting there. All right, we're going to go and take a break. When we come back, take a look at the running Utes, and right now they're they're uh, struggling, but we'll uh, talk about what they need to do to turn things around and what they have coming up. You're listening to the Crimson Corner Podcast. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back in. This is the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's powered by kslsports.com. I'm your host, Trevor Allen. Just talked a lot of Utah football in the last segment, but now it's time to talk some Utah basketball. They are coming off of their fourth straight loss as they lost to Colorado on Monday, 65-58. Now, the last time we were on the podcast, they were supposed to be playing just Oregon because the Oregon State game was postponed. But then of what they did, 
they moved the Colorado game that was supposed to be the regular season finale in March to January 11th at home. So they were, they were going to sneak that in there, and then they were and then they moved the Stanford game from Wednesday to Thursday, and then kept the Cal game on Saturday. So Utah was playing four games in seven days, beginning with Oregon, where they lost 79-73, and then they lost to Colorado 65-58, and then they're playing Stanford on Thursday. And that game, by the way, got moved over to ESPN2 instead of ESPNU, and that's a, a 3 p.m. Mountain Time tip-off. And then at 8 o'clock on Saturday, they will take on Cal on ESPNU before going on the road for three straight against Washington State, Washington, and Colorado. And then they'll come back home against the Arizona schools, back out on the road in the Northern California schools and at the Oregon schools before finishing the regular season at home against the Southern California schools. Now, just to kind of give you a little bit of a recap, the Oregon game, I mean, the Ducks came in ranked, but they did come off of a loss against Colorado. Utah was up 10 at the half, 43-33, and that was when head coach Larry Kraskoviak changed up the lineup. He brought Brandon Carlson and Alfonso Plummer off the bench and inserted Pella Larson and Riley Batten into the starting lineup. So he went a little bit smaller, and it worked in that first half. I mean, Utah was playing really well. They shot 66% in that first half, played really, really well. But then they committed 18 turnovers, and most of them came in that second half. And Oregon scored 25 points off of those turnovers. Utah only had six points off of turnovers. And the Ducks scored 46 points, held Utah to 30 in that second half to pick up the win. And then same type of thing in that first half against Colorado. Utah took another 10-point lead into the locker room, 37-27. But then the Buffs outscored the Utes, 38-21 in that second half. The reason for that was rebounding. Utah was out-rebounded by Colorado, 49-31. The Buffs had two guys with double-doubles. One coming off the bench. In, in 16 minutes, Jabari Walker had 15 points and 10 rebounds. And then Schwartz, who's kind of a bigger wing, had 15 points and 15 rebounds. And that was the reason why Utah couldn't pick up the win. So they've now lost four in a row. They're 4-5 and five overall, 1-4 and four in Pac-12 play. Their only Pac-12 win was in the season opener against Washington, and Washington's at the bottom of the conference right now. But Stanford is a good basketball team. They're going to give Utah fits. They have a really good freshman in Zaire Williams. I think he's like top, one of the top players in the entire country uh, coming out of high school. And then they have the big man, Oscar Da Silva, who's a very talented player as well as Dejon Davis. So Stanford's going to provide some fits for Utah. And then they have Matt Bradley from Cal, who is one of the best guards and all of the Pac-12. So it's going to be tough sledding. I mean, the only game I see that is for sure winnable coming up is Washington on January 24th. And that's because the Huskies are just a mess right now. But there is one thing I want you guys to hear. After the Utah game against Colorado, Timmy Allen was available to the media, and I asked him, since he is a captain and he's a leader on that team, what was the message to his teammates? Or what will his message be to his teammates, you know, as far as the four-game losing streak goes? And he had some pretty strong and also really encouraging words. You know, I was just thinking about it. Um, you know, people might write us off or not believe in us, 
or say we don't got enough. But, you know, these last four games, we have been right there. Um, and we just let it slip, you know. Our first halves are great. I mean, even the stretch in the USC game, like, we are rolling and then we just can get stagnant and we can't let it happen, man. Um, I think we're really right there. So, you know, people can jump ship. But as long as we stay bought in on this and we just continue to continue to work and grind, you know, I think we're right there. I'm definitely not happy with the loss, but, man, like, we didn't even play great. And our defense is good enough to keep us in it. And, you know, we just got to keep the flow. And uh, I believe, man, I, I think we're right there. So, Utah fans, I know you're all very upset. I mean, I follow a lot of you on Twitter. I know a lot of it is being upset with this coaching staff. I mean, Utah's team is full of talent. They're very young, and they're very talented. But just hang in there. They're going to get better. They've got to get into a groove. It just seems like that they have those shooting slumps of two or three minutes without a bucket or without any points, period, and 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 that hurts. But I think that Utah has a very good chance to beat Stanford. But you've got to keep it going on defense. And that's the one thing that has stuck with Utah throughout this losing streak is that they have played well on defense. I mean, I know it doesn't show when they're giving up, you know, 79 points and 70 points here and there. And that'll do it for this edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter. I'm at Trevor A. Sports or at KSL Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And download the KSL Sports app. It's powered by University Federal Credit Union. If you download that app, you get access to all of the Utes content. A lot of it is done by me. And I would very much appreciate if you guys check out all that content. Your guys' feedback is very much appreciated. And I, I think soon enough, I want to start doing some interaction with, with fans. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been the Crimson Corner Podcast, and it's always powered by KSLSports.com. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.